I'm interested to talk about what we're talking about today because uh, it's something that we have talked about comprehensively, figuring out new loop-de-loops that you can make in iChat. Um, but I think we've had a bunch of like, I almost think of it like surface skimming, surface, like we've dipped below the surface a little on stuff and then kind of fluttered out on a bunch of occasions. Um, but I'm super excited because I feel like this is an area where I have had so many questions for so long, just like really basic questions. And I've never been able to talk to someone about the questions that I have without producing a fight or flight response. So typically people will then call me really mean names um, or just agree with me, but not actually be able to reason it through, in which case I'm like, well, that's not helpful either. <laughs> so for me, I just, I warn you ahead of time. Like I want to do a lot of learning actually from you today, but then I want to ask all the questions that if I was in the training sessions that you have been in, all the questions that I would have asked and potentially been kicked out of said sessions because I ask a lot of questions and I've had, I've had police called on me now, uh, threatened. I've been threatened with assault on multiple occasions now um, for asking the question why. <laughs> so thankfully, we're uh, doing this virtually. So I can I I feel far less uh, <laughs> endangered as to assault. What an intro! Uh, <laughs> I I'm here to receive that, and and uh, one of the I think one of the things that led to this was was the delight in realizing we had very different bodies of of experience, knowledge. Yeah training, research, all the, all these, all these things. So um, we've so far explored, I think more, more of the terrain you've been really deep in and then happy to share some of the things I've discovered in this terrain, um, which we could label a few ways. We could call it social justice. We could call it uh, racial equity. We could call it diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging and any manner of variations of that theme. Yeah. Disability, yeah. disability, accessibility, et cetera. Um, the isms, the long list of isms. So many isms. Well, and that's, well, before, yeah, let's do the intro, but then I want the one thing that I, I need your help with, which of course, either one of us asking for this is hilarious. In terms of focus is as you were saying all those things, in some ways, all of those, I know they are all overlapped sort of in the Venn diagram of their similarity, but, I would love to, for example, in this show, Totally Classic, hosted by myself, Brendan McNamara, and you. Andy Swindler. Which, you know, is a, an attempt to have conversations between two people who love each other very much. And really, in some ways, I, I want this program, this show, to be an example for people of how you can have wildly divergent uh, what do you call it? Realms of experience or like experience bodies. I really like as well as um, even perspectives and even conclusions. And then you can still have these conversations and we can always find common ground to discuss sort of what, what's good, what's bad about this. And then also what's, how, how do we understand each other's thought process? I think is super helpful, but I say all that just because I was like, I want you to help us focus <laughs> on this kind of primary question. Cause I, in some ways, all the different is isms you've talked about, could almost be separate episodes in and of themselves. You know what I mean? Oh, and so, so, so they will cross, they will cross over, but that just, so you know, if I ever kind of go, okay, wait, let's get back to the thing. I want to like that, that is certainly the area of, of interest for me today. Uh, but you can state the topic. I haven't even done that. I know this is, this is how I think is 
largely in preamble. Yes, I think that the way we had uh, phrased that as a question was, is, is anti-racism racist? Yeah, which is pretty provocative, I'd like to say. I've seen many people get pretty flame on uh, about that. And I would like to say an, an interesting twist, y'all, is I would say generally the presupposition that we both come to this conversation with, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that I would say yes, and I think you would say no. So that's kind of exciting that we kind of like, the, in, or I have somewhat of an answer to that question. And my assumed answer, if I had to like fill out a test right now and I was on a timer, I'd be like, oh yeah, of course. And I think you'd be like, no, not at all. And then, but how fascinating, I, I, to me, I'm delighted. I was like, okay, cool. But neither of us has to go, oh, well, you're an asshole and walk away. And then you go, oh, huh, that's, in <laughs> huh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I found myself kind of accidentally prepping for this. I, I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse early on in the pandemic um, when we were all locked away, at least in these lands in Chicago. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not on there that much anymore, um, but I dipped back in. There happened to be one of the large scale rooms that was getting at exactly this. And it was, it was actually cool, kind of interesting data because they were even doing some polls I don't know how many people total, several hundred people. And, and so they were even collecting some data in real time about some oh, of these, like some of these, the, the, this exact question. And it was phrased a little more like about, um, can anybody be racist? Mm. Or yeah. is that limited to certain people? Um, so that's certainly a piece of this. I mean, I think we, it yeah. all starts with defining racism. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, okay, so let's let's start with that. Yeah, because see, that was my and I'm going to leap ahead. So I, I've only been I've been thinking about it a little bit this week or whatever, and I sort of semi accidentally listened to a podcast and ended up sort of 20 minutes of a 90 minute podcast, kind of was talking about some of this stuff in the same arena. But one of the things I was like, oh, I wonder. My conjecture as to the my end conclusion is I was like, ooh, what if my conclusion is anti racism is racist. And I was like, oh, but that based on my definition of racism, or I would even say based on the previously common, but that's where I'm beginning and in getting into conjecture, the previously common definition of racism. And then I think someone who was in support of anti-racism would say it's not racist, but based on their like revised, I think by 2020, I think specifically, uh, 2020 definition, redefinition of what racism is. So in some ways that I was like, oh, maybe that will explain the sort of discordance where people are like, yes, it's racist. And they were like, mm, no, it isn't. And then people were like, yes, it is. No, it isn't. And then that's pretty much the a version of what the discourse is, as opposed to what you're do, exactly what you're talking about, I think is one of the most important things of, of defining terms. And I was just revisiting in 2020. I can't remember the woman's name, but there's one specific woman who literally sort of almost Wikipedia style submitted uh, a new definition of racism to Merriam-Webster. And Mary Witcher, as far as I know, is the only like big dictionary service who's like agreed to this definition or whatever. But based on her newly submitted and accepted definition in 2020, I believe it was, um, uh, and she got kind of a lot of attention about it, uh, that like by that new definition, she would say it, then anti-racism wouldn't be racist. But I was like, but again, for like, I, and again, this is maybe something you saw in your space too. I don't know how common the idea or the acceptance, or even if that's a good definition or not. Um, but I do think that's a good root cause, but you can feel free to riff on that. Cause I think you let's, let's, let's get into definitions. Yeah. There's, well, before that. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes later. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love preamble. <laughs> this whole podcast is a preamble. Um, yeah. 
there's there's two two pieces I think to weave in, and and some of this we're weaving in that I hope is valuable to anybody listening is like our our perspectives, how we move through the world, how we accumulate new information and knowledge. Yeah, um, we've said a few times what we share is is curiosity and and openness and. Um, and I will admit, I'm quite attracted to what some people might call like the social justice warrior piece where, where it's just like, oh, I, I know all the new, newest terms. I know all the latest vocab. I can like hang in like all the spaces. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even more important, what I'm really sinking into now, and I won't talk about too much here, um, although I think it's, it actually is extraordinarily important, is the embodied piece of this. You know, it's mm -hmm. not it's not just a matter of memorizing all these terms or, or even like learning the history or reading the books. And we need to do that and, and share, compare that. And of course, there's not nobody 100% agrees on every piece of that. Um, but this embodied sensation of like, oh, what, what happens to me in a conversation like this? What happens if I walk past a black person on the street? What happens? Like, these are important things to be tracking in, in the body. Um, so I wanted to offer that, you know, that part of why I, I can show up and, and maybe offer some perspective here is that I have spent a lot of time and I'm attracted to the idea. Um, you know, and I believe there's a, there is a power over dynamic in that. And I think that's one of the challenging things with the, with the kind of the language vocabulary part of this is yeah. it gets very in-speaky. Um, and, in, and I think with the question we're holding today, it's extraordinarily important because people are literally, I think, dying because of, of uh, of racism in America as a as a not just a concept that's theoretical or academic, but quite real and quite baked into our systems. Um, and so I think that's what that's my interest in it. And yeah, and so I thought what we could share a little piece of our perspective, sort of, ooh, why did you know more about COVID? Why do I maybe know more about this space? And not that, I, that either of us are right, but why have we accumulated more you know knowledge and data about kind of what the landscape looks like? And then also getting yeah. to like, I think what we share actually, which one of the things holds us together is, is I think some compatible vision for, for the world <laughs> where, where yeah. people move, move from love and, and are deeply embodied and connected to life and each other and spirit and nature and all these things. And that we actually uh, continue to develop a more equitable society where people have uh, equal opportunities and access to to resources. So um, that's a short version of a vision I hold. Uh, and I'm, so I'm curious yeah. about kind of just whatever you want to share about how you look at this space or or sort of where your knowledge comes from, and then and then whatever your your vision may be for why this. Matters. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mean the anti for this conversation, the anti-racism space specifically? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do yeah, that. Yeah. keep that specific. Yeah. But I, yeah. You know, Probably leads uh, to other things. Yeah, I had never heard of that term, anti-racism, I think prior to 2019, 2020. I mean, it's brand new. Um, I, I certainly see or have heard or seen enough, read enough to, I'm like, oh, there's connections to um, CRT and intersectionality. I know I'm trying not to talk about those things too, but they, they, they factor in. Um, and those I've been aware of probably CRT specifically, or critical race theory specifically, I'd probably say four to five years of interest in a very, um, just a moderate fashion. Because to me, I'm like, oh, it's in the name, it's a theory. All right, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? You're like, 
a theory. I can entertain that in conversation, but it, until people start living by the theory or as you were saying, vocabularizing the theory, which is a, that's a cool thing What you were talking about that too. I was thinking about the interesting aspects of embodying in order to inform uh, alterations of semantics or language and also uh, use of particular language or semantics also transforms our body. I'm an actor, so uh, my whole life has been examining words on a page, and then based on those words, I transform as much of myself as possible to suit these words. So mm -hmm. when we when we lose use language or change language or pick up vernacular, not only are we motivated out of a out of a compulsive internal sense, uh, perhaps soul energy. We also, as we use those vernacular and, and or ideas or whatever, they transform us on, I think, I'm going way past my field of expertise, on a cellular level. So I have uh, very little knowledge of anti-racism that isn't critical. Uh, in its underpinnings in terms of intersectionality and CRT. My, my introduction to those were basically like ideologies to be on the lookout for, like beware of these ideologies. And, and then sort of they were presented as, especially specifically critical race theory, I first heard about it as presented as antithetical to, although hilariously imitative of the Christian worldview. So that's really how I heard that address. I, I listened to it enough to go, hmm, all right, well, I'll keep my eye out for that not very interesting to me. Um, intersectionality came up almost just like as a buzzword, like literally I had a best friend who had an intersectionality necklace uh, before anyone was ever even talking about, about it around me. But once we get all the way to anti-racism, to me, that very particular term, I did not hear until 2020. And to me, I felt immediately like, oh, that sounds great because um, I'm anti-racism. Um, my concern came more when uh, and I think Ibrahim uh, Max Kindy, whatever that dude's name is, um, was like fundamental for that term kind of very prevalently popping up in my newsfeed or whatever. Um, and then as I read his stuff, I was like, oh, I don't like that though. So then my immediate thing was like, oh wait, what are we talking about here? And I feel like almost immediately my knee jerk partially informed by previous critical information and then partially informed by the fact that I flipping love words. I was like, I feel like in a lot of the conversation here, he's redefining words in order to suit a purpose. And I am an, a registered independent. I am absolutely a political liberal. I'm not a Democrat. I don't think Democrats are particularly liberal in this moment, but I'm a liberal um, in terms of how I think things should be governed and how I think we should proceed in, in governance. Um, but I am absolutely a conservative when it comes to language. Uh, I think we are phenomenally lazy culture <laughs> when it comes to abusing language and just being like, well, that's, and this is how language works. I get it. Um, that common usage will transform language into things that I'm like, we already have words for that. Why destroy this word? We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to go and invent a new word, and then that's gonna take forever to take to catch on. We talked about this, Andy, and you and I. Uh, literally, is a, just a an apolitical example of a word that has been destroyed, destroyed. I mean, you you literally, literally have to say it two or three times to actually mean just the one word meant. So I think that was my initial like. In talking about embodying, that was my initial like concern or like, uh-oh, when people start changing, altering language to suit any purpose, even a good purpose, then I'm like, uh-oh, I, I, I don't trust you because I love words, maybe more sometimes even more than people.
but do you literally actually mean that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends on the person. Yes, I literally mean there are there are certain words um, like when people use the word reticent to just mean they're they're reticent to say. Oh, oh, it makes me so angry. And it's happened enough that it's, I've seen it in like news publications. Reticent means hesitant to speak. You don't have to bring up speech. If you're saying reticent to speak, then you're using it in place of hesitant. But now I've seen it even in news pieces where hesitant and, re and reticent are now just like, oh, you can kind of swap those out if you want. No, no, they're two different words for a reason. Why, why? Is it, is it like an ATM machine? Is that, yes. is, yeah. is that just like nails on a chalkboard? Yeah, ahi tuna, chai tea, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that was my, like, those are my initial like, uh-ohs, uh-oh uh, uh, uh warning systems. But at the same time, simpatico. So I wasn't adversarial to anti-racism because it rose up in a time when I was like, cool, we have to be examining this. And for me, we have to examine this rigorously. You know what I mean? When, when we're seeing, especially seeing video images of black men getting killed by police. And then you go and look at it statistically, it appears, at least on a cursory glance, it's not, I've looked into statistics enough and I was like, not completely representative. But that's where I go immediately. I was like, wait, this seems true. I know plenty of black people who have had uh, nasty experiences with police such that they expect such an experience. So then when you see 24% I think it's like 2019, 2020, that was the statistic, right? 24% of uh, police shootings were involving uh, mostly black males, but like melanin rich people. And they're 12, it's as close to more 12% of the population. So that's twice, they are twice as likely as a melanin deficient person, uh, just based on superficial st statistics. Um, uh, to, to have a violent and or deadly encounter with police, which we all got real upset about. And we all were out marching about or, or flaming online or whatever. And it seemed part and partial to that movement. Um, and I was like, well, heck yeah. So let's, let's, oppose, let's oppose whatever creates that in all of its forms. We still have to examine, of course, whether it exists. And we, we do all have to have a conversation whether it's good or bad and all that sort of stuff. But like, I don't know. So I, I, had a, I, had a, I don't know if it's a long answer, but I had a dual positive and negative like internal reaction for those reasons. Yeah. And, and one, one other piece of language I'll comment on just in the, so we're doing our best <laughs> to articulate our, our perspectives and where we're coming from and why we're choosing certain language. And yeah. you just said uh, melanin deficient or melanin rich. And, you know, that there's, there's an evolution in all of this. And I've, I've seen people commenting on that as its own phenomenon. And, and yeah. so one even, I think, named, said we're in a naming period. Like there's there's a lot of voices emerging that have been totally suppressed for, you know, hundreds of years and or longer. And and so so there is, and I, I'm with you. Like I'm, as somebody who, you know, we met when I was in journalism school and, and there's a precision <laughs> to language. Um, but it's fascinating because, you know, I, in my mutual aid, you know, work, I met a family of Cuban refugees this week and I don't speak a lake of Spanish. And, you know, I've yeah, never yeah. been more motivated to like, <laughs> not only like, like go beyond my, this particular language of, of the colonizer that known as English, which I need a fact checker. I heard the other day that it's estimated that 70% of the world speaks in some way, which yeah. it wouldn't shock me because it is, it is attached to power in, in the way the United States has been, well, originally England, but then I think more than yeah, the yeah. United States has proliferated it. Yeah, um, and, pro well, and product. I mean, as a media, as a person who creates media, I think media is a huge part of that. 
because yeah. we make, oh yeah we make flipping awesome television shows and movies oh 100 uh, yeah, yeah hollywood i think our main cultural export is from a lot of the 20th century it, i know um, it's, it's it's starting to become like one of our only consistent ones <laughs> yeah which is why they're just that's why we're redoing top gun right that's, that's <laughs> yes yeah. exactly they love the whole world loved it last time and we're and we're redoing the cold war so let's we did we did some i know we can bring in all those russian uniforms that have been mothballed for years we spent 400 billion to, trying to design a new jet but i think the ones from the 80s are still the best jets we have so what let's just yeah, do it let's use those. <laughs> um so the, the, the melanin piece though because i i thought yeah. so much about this and, and as a white man i mean i don't think it's my place to, to sort of <laughs> suggest what anybody else wants to identify themselves at uh, and yet there's there's it's completely fragmented. I mean, it's not like there's a monolith. It's not like everybody of, of any identity or, you know, race uh, got together. And I put race in quotes because that is a social construct that has very real consequences, unfortunately, but it is a social construct. So we've talked quite a bit about, well, well what, what are we really talking about here? And I, I, I do. I, I actually yeah. was, I just was writing something and I found myself using melanated because it just, it does feel like the most accurate, uh, certainly like scientifically, um, you know, because a lot of the other terms, I mean, I, I know a lot of people who, who don't like BIPOC, which is black, indigenous, and people of color. I don't know. Uh, I think it's, I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't care if people like it or not. It's, I'm going to say it's stupid. It's far too, it's insanely broad and it lumps together a, a wild bunch of people groups. We're going to get a whole episode of that on that one. I'm like, this is the whole thing of like coordinating, trying to name things outside of people groups or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, yeah, and it evolved. I won't go through all the evolution. I don't think I could do it just from memory to begin with. But you know, it, yeah. that was an evolution from like people of color, and then it was like, oh wait, you know, the history of the United States. We really need to specifically draw attention to you know African Americans, black people who are the descendants of slaves, and enslaved Africans, and uh, and of course the indigenous people. But it's like the order of these things, you know matters like there is a hierarchy i perceive you know lgbtq in fact i always mess that up i think it's technically lgbtq but i always mm -hmm. want to say t first and it's like yeah. and and i mean there's versions of that that are like 18 letters long um yeah and yeah. so i i don't stand in like i said it's not my place to criticize or, or judge or tell anybody what they want to be grouped as because what we or or, or identify as or, or what language they use um i think what's what i perceive to be happening is that folks who have not who are uh, marginalized who are outside of this dominant culture that i live in and i, I think you live in uh as white men in america um it, it is a way it is a way to find a perch of of, of camaraderie and, and safety and identity within a certain group um and yet anyway we yeah let's do a whole other episode on that um yeah it's and, good and and maybe maybe we'll do that when we start having guests on <laughs> because we could actually get some other perspectives um, but I mention all of that because uh, I, I think it was a very long-winded way to, to draw attention to your use of the word melanated, which I, yeah, I want to I want to float that past a few more, um, you know, BIPOC friends, uh, black friends in particular, and just kind of see how that lands. Yeah. Um, one I've been hearing a little bit is bodies of culture, and I actually did run that by a, a, a friend of mine who's a black woman and. You know that's that is being used in some cases as like a replacement for BIPOC or, or an upgrade perhaps. Oh, and, and, but she heard it very differently. She was like, "Oh, I love that because we're all different bodies of culture." Yeah, that's everybody. Like, well, same thing with people of color. Like I'm colored. 
we're all color. There's nobody, there's nobody who's not colored. So that's one good thing about BIPOC, except people don't mean it to mean that. And that's one of the things of like, if we're gonna get rid of what words mean, I mean, this is the crazy part of it. This is like, we're even, this is how long the conversation is like, what is race? You're like, oh my gosh, what is racist? Oh my gosh, well, what is, what is, is, what is what? I mean, we're all, we're all Bill Clinton during his impeachment, right? Like that's the crazy thing, but this is, and again, this, this goes at my supposition, this goes towards moral relativism predominating in our culture. And we now live in a world of like, this is the problem with RSS feeds and stuff. It's where you're like, the world is defined by every single individual. So in some ways we're, and this has always been the case, but it's even more sharply and strongly the case in our time in history than any other time in history, where every single one of us individuals are cultures unto ourselves. So pretending we're even part of a tribe is somewhat disingenuous, which is manifest in the way in which we're trying to manifest tribalism. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, until it gets super clear, it gets, it's monumentally confusing. And I think we're trying to suss it out. I use melanated just because I'm like, uh, there's something slightly convincing to me of the argument of like, we have to deconstruct whiteness. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And I was like, we also have to deconstruct blackness or indigenousness or anything. I was like, if we're going to deconstruct, you don't, you don't stop at one color. That's asinine. You, you do everything. You know, I'm an all or nothing person in general. So, so then I was like, we should like, let's just talk about it in terms of like, what, what's, what are we really even talking about here? Now, of course, we're not just talking about melanation when you say black, you're sort of actually speaking about um, like a, a, again, a social construct and the constructs based on the social constructs. So in some ways it's imaginary things based on imaginary things, based on imaginary things out of which real things have manifest, which is, it's an elaborate thing. But in order for us to have these conversations and not just start hating each other, we need to either agree on what words mean or at the very least constantly define terms. And this is the exhaust, this is why I'm a, I'm a semantic conservative. This is wasting a lot of, if we're redefining words to have things, then I think we're probably wasting time, except with very rare acceptance where you're like, no, we've been using this word wrong for a thousand years or, or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so the, the measuring stick, I guess you will, that I use is, you know, does the language get us closer to actually interrogating uh, inequitable systems. Yeah. And, and that to me is the point of trying to identify the, these terms because it's, yeah. it's, it's in, in America, you know, the more identities you have that are connected to dominant culture, the more we could say the more privilege you have, the more power you have. Um, and that, that I think is a whole other longer discussion around intersectionality. And so what, I, what a lot of those terms are attempting to say is non-white but that doesn't really work because we're also trying to decenter whiteness in this. Um, but but there is you know but there is that would be kind of a technical classification like white and non-white that would that would help us evaluate the power structures I think in a way. Right, but then it that but that 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 highlights the duality that's that I don't find convincing of the whole paradigm. You know what I mean? Which is it is then essentially device. It's it's specifically dividing in in order to accentuate divisions that have already occurred. So this is, but this digs us back towards the question, is anti-racism racist, you know what I mean? So then are we, by highlighting divisions, which is exactly what got us into trouble in the first place, are we, are we now doubling down on divisions in order to heal previous divisions? And this draws me to, this is one of the things I, I think Ibra, uh, Kendi said, um, which I hate. I think it's, it's, I mean, I love it because it's so illuminative of like just a lack of reason. I don't find him, I'm, this, I'm not saying he's a stand-in for all anti-racism. I just don't find him a very reasonable person in terms of like he, his, he, he doesn't uh, reason things through, through in a way that's linear or connected or uh, 
supportable, I feel like. And one of the things he said is like, we need present discrimination uh, is, is sort of a requirement to, what is it, to solve or heal sort of past discrimination. And so I was like that, now I can understand logically how that might function, but at the same time, that doesn't make any rational sense. You know what I mean? That's like, okay, so we did, so in which case you then have to say that there's nothing wrong. In order for that to be true, you'd have to say there's nothing wrong with discrimination. So, or even race-based discrimination, because that's what you're saying. You need to do race-based discrimination in order to overcome previous race-based discrimination. So then you're saying you have to, that race-based discrimination in and of itself is not wrong or bad or deleterious, because then you wouldn't be able to do it. Because that's literally saying, well, because harm is, has been done generally, we must now do harm generally. You know what I'm saying? And so, but this is where the whole like, well, there's a rubber meets the road. There's a question baked in there, you know, what is what is harm? We could circle back to that. I, yeah. You're, you're right, though. I, I, I even pulled up from his book, uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist. I think I think this is a direct quote or pretty close in my notes. Uh, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination, which you yeah, just, oh, they, which you just you spoke to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, para I paraphrased it not near as, uh, as concisely. Yeah, well, that and so that to me, so if you just read that statement, then to me, it's clear that it's absolutely racist because what, what anti, if anti-racism isn't anti-race, so then this is where I, we're gonna get to the definition of what racism is. It's not anti-race, it's specifically anti-racism is like race is baked, in, baked into it. Race-based discrimination is absolutely what anti-racist discrimination would be. Just like racist discrimination would be race-based discrimination. So they're the same thing. He's talking about, we have to do the same thing that has been done previously, but he's kind of making an us and them supposition. So it's like they, whoever they is, it could be anybody, what they did before was bad. We need to do bad things to overcome the bad things that they've done, which isn't an impossible statement because this is like what war, but it's war is what he's proposing. Russia invades Ukraine. It's reasonable for Poland to be like, oh, in order to overcome the malevolence of Russia killing those people, we have to go kill Russian people. It's, I don't think it's the, it's the best thing to do, but it is a perfectly, it's a reasonable thing to do. Yeah, so this is, that's certainly an area where we're, we're not aligned because okay. I don't, I don't think I perceive it as, 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 a, a, as equal, you know, I, I don't perceive it. I don't perceive that kind of discrimination as, uh, as at the same level of harm that 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 has been done, um, but 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 before we unpack that, let's I don't know forty minutes in <laughs> attempt to define racism. Uh, yeah, and and so I think you're right. I do think it's shifting, and we just kind of went quite deep into kind of the, the evolution of some of these terms. Yeah. Um, I yeah. So I think historically it's held as uh, person to person. Uh, uh, one person commits an act against another, I don't know, do you actually have it up, like the definition? No, no, I, just my thing of, uh, essentially racism is prejudice, is race-based prejudice. Right. Period. And, and But that's interpersonal, right? No, uh, uh, in any, 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 manif any manifestation. Okay. What's, so it's just, it's race-based thought that leads to, in some way, uh, a, a prejudice, and I would say it, it tilts, it doesn't necessarily have to be negative, but it tilts towards like negative prejudices uh, based on race. 
I would say it was, that would just be like, and I just say, I, that's not even looking it up. I just think that's like what any, like if you just ask like a regular Joe on the street in 2015 or whatever, or even today, I think actually if you asked, I think the majority of people in the United States, that's what they would say. Like racism is like, oh, you think that, they, you know, simply they would say, you think, you think or do bad things to people because of what race they are. Yeah, I, I actually think that's a, a pretty reasonable definition. The, yeah. the one that's becoming more um, prominent, and I think maybe this is what you're referencing with Wikipedia, I haven't seen that, is this connection to power. And, and that, that seems to be the where it gets, it really goes off the rails quickly um, because it's like, you know, an act that mm. uh, uh, diminishes, denounces, harms others, uh, a person based on their race, I, I interpret that, so the language I typically use, I, if I'm yeah. talking about this or, or offering a space for it, you know, I will, I will, I think it's important to have two, two definitions and to add, add some other language, like interpersonal racism is what I think a lot of people think of, like, and, and that's the trap, because part of this is like the identity of being a racist. So there's, mm -hmm. there's the idea of like, racism which feels like maybe an abstract concept or that's what we you know we're talking about with with policies and things like that and then there's the identity of being a racist and what's fascinating is i i think very few white people want to be a racist that has become an unpopular uh and not socially accepted thing to be uh now of yeah. course there's there's people out there still the kkk still exists and all kinds of other stuff some people are quite proud of that identity oh yeah like any actual any actual supremacist of any sort like a white supremacist or black supremacist whatever but i actually think by and large the vast majority of you know kind of you know quote-unquote good people uh really don't want to be thought of as racist yeah and and so the the challenge there is the second definition of racism, which is systemic racism. Like where has, and this is, both of these are actually compatible, with, I think with the way you said it, yep. because you know, if we're acting in a way that is discriminating based on race or prejudice based on race, well, I think the, the bigger challenge here, the bigger thing to look at is how have, how have these been baked into our systems, our laws, our education? I mean, all, yep. all of these things, because that's like the fabric of this country. I mean, it's it's undeniable whether you totally go all in on you know sixteen nineteen or or even if you just sort of learned about Indians and slavery like we did. <laughs> like it's there's some version of of wow like the U.S. you know somebody conquered this land and and did it with by stealing people. You know there, there's got to be some version of that that's true for everybody, yeah. um, unless you're just in total denial. Um, and there's all sorts of nuance we could get into, but. Uh, so it seems undeniable, uh, commensurately, that that it's just baked in. Like, how could it not be? I mean, based on kind of the the dispositions and the norms of people 400 years ago, that was what was created. Um, and, yeah, and, yeah. and some ma massive compromises even had to be made to even bring the 13 colonies together. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, oh, um, I have a quick question. I think we'll both agree on is racism bad? Hmm. Uh, I believe racism in uh, by any by all the definitions we've offered is bad. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to call it bad, harmful. I'm going to agree with you on that one. 
Ah, as well. Okay. Fully. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever we build a website, this, we'll, this is what we'll, well this is what we'll publish the actual conclusions. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is racism better? Well, I think that's the thing. That's an important thing, right? If you ask the question, "Is racism racist?" You go, "Okay, well, wait." Are, are, what are you are you trying to catch them in a bad thing like is that bad that they're racist or is it good that right. like it's good to be racist i would say it's bad to be racist i think it's perfectly um well the weird thing is it's i would agree well i i think some people would disagree with this but i would say in general i would agree with the statement that like everybody is uh what is this self park song right everybody's a little bit racist everybody's a little bit racist in that we oh, all that's from uh, avenue q avenue q oh, okay there you go um one of those Broadway funny games, funny games, curse words, et cetera. Kid, kid like, but adult. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, everyone's a little bit racist. So like we all have prejudices based on previous information about various degrees, melanation, just in-group, out-group preferences. We all have a tendency towards, the Bible refers to it as a, the sin of partiality, which is something just all people suffer from. It makes logical, biological sense in terms of us recognizing who is in group and who's out group therefore who's a greater threat to us who's like who's on our side who's not on our side who's going to kill us and especially and race is just one invented reason to make this thing up you know what i mean like i would say like for example i i would say that u.s slavery in the united states was race-based chattel slavery um punishable by uh death by the way uh, biblically um which is again, this is gonna be a lot of my framework for what's good or evil. Uh, partiality is in and of itself illuminative of our broken nature. Likewise, uh, chattel slavery, which is like kidnapping slavery. In the Bible, it's very specifically addressed. Anyone who kidnaps another person um, to put them into slavery, both the person who did the kidnapping and the person who buys the person who was kidnapped uh, are to be put to death. Um, so I just think it's funny. You know what I mean? People talk about it's a Christian nation. I was like, not, no, this is, this is why biblical Christianity is important. It's, uh, it's, it's important to have a framework of, of laws or rules or whatever. But I also think in some ways slavery, and this is like a Kanye West get me in trouble comment, but slavery in this country really wasn't race-based in that I don't think people really cared, honestly. I was like, no matter who they decided to flip and kidnap, they would have justified it however they damn well pleased because there was no, they used false justifications to, to justify it. And just like people who were as brown as the people they were, you know, Spaniards came over, they were in the sun, they slaughtered, my, they genocided Mayans to, to a phenomenal degree. There was no like racial difference that would be apparent without DNA examination. And likewise, dark skinned people could come over here and kill a bunch of native peoples, just like native peoples had killed other native people. You know what I mean? So like the dominance tendency of human beings kind of reigns. And so in some ways, this is part of the interesting examination where you're like, racism I think is prevalent, but it's a phenomenon of a deeper problem. And really in some ways, just a scapegoat, in, even internally for a person to do a terrible thing against another person. I other you and say you're another race, which again, until the, what is the 1400s or whatever, wasn't even anything we would say. You know what I mean? It wasn't an identifier we would have used. And all of a sudden it becomes this like dominant one in the, in the structuring of this society, which really probably mostly just has to do with like wanting to have free labor and justify your delight in treating someone in, inhumanely. Yeah. No, that, and that is completely compatible with Ibram X. Kendi's, uh, you know, when he, go, he talks a little bit about the history and Prince Henry, I believe, in Portugal. And, and you know, because often the idea of, um, it's often thought that the racism is, is based on hatred. Just like, yeah. 
I, I hate I hate this person. Like over time, the hatred of, of a certain group of people led to like systemic discrimination. And it's more like what, like what you just said, it's the opposite. And, and it's like, yeah. no, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like, oh, here's a really cool way to, to well, not, not cool. Here's a, here's a really effective way to make shitloads of money. Um, but uh, it did probably grade up, I'm sure with some people, nothing's a monolith, but maybe lots of people that, that wait, these are human beings because we didn't have the distinctions yet. We we're like, wait, why are those people in cages? Like what? I don't, I don't understand. And so then they yeah. had to make up all these reasons why, why yeah. those, those weren't people or they were less than. And I mean, God, it's still in our constitution, <laughs> literally not a full person. Um, so yeah, you're right. And then, and then for us, I mean, the other piece is like, and this is where the embodied piece of our own intergenerational inter trauma, even as white folks uh, comes in because our ancestors were slaughtering each other you know white people were slaughtering each other in europe in the middle yeah. ages i mean long before any of this was happening with, oh yeah with slavery in america yeah i don't think there's a single there's not a single like outcropping of the human race that hasn't uh, killed and enslaved each other nobody nobody anywhere i mean there's there's slavery all around the world right now of people who are look different than their slaves and look the same as their slaves and yeah well we've never not done it it's super and it's but I would say that's like, just cause it's inevitable and it's, it's reasonable and all these things. I still would label it. I would label it bad. I would even label it like it is an outcropping of the evil within us. I still wanna, I still wanna highlight that. Like even though it's, it's practical and it happens everywhere and everybody does it. It's but like do you think, thing. I'm curious and we can always, I love weaving in with your biblical knowledge. Um, yep. It seems like one of the distinctions. I mean, we. I mean, we did it so successfully here that like Hitler came here to study how we had, you know, how we were doing over here with all this. Um, yeah. And like, oh, how do you so successfully design a system that you know, discriminates against one group of people? Come here and learn all about it. Um, yeah. So I'm curious if you know biblical times, long before what we now call race, certainly. Um, yeah. And yet there were different groups of folks, obviously with different ethnicities and different regions, yeah. different religious beliefs, but. Yeah. Was it, yeah, like, like, um, without race, like what, what did they use, I guess, in those times to distinguish? Yeah, I mean, lineage, I mean, uh, the, the slavery of the Israel, of the Jewish people, or really in some ways pre-Jewish, but the Israeli people, the people of Abraham, um, were enslaved for 400 years by Egypt. I guarantee they didn't look that dissimilar. I mean, sorry, look sim they looked quite similar. Like right. uh, famously, there's a great story, like uh, Joseph like is literally sold into slavery by his brothers. He ends up going to prison, all sorts of stuff happens. Eventually he becomes like a major domo uh, uh, in Egypt. And so right then you're like, oh, well, they're not, it's not that racist a system, right? I mean, he's an outgroup member in slavery, in prison, has all these sort of things stacked against him and rises to this high office and it really, there's very little said. It was like, oh, and then his he, people somehow identified, I would say styles of dress, styles of hair. Um, these are most of the ways in which I identify my uh, in groups. So that's what I draw my mind towards. Like what you would just look like visually, what your hairstyles would be, um, maybe what you smelled like is based on what you ate. Um, styles of dress would probably be a, a pretty quick marker if you came into Egypt from where you were outside. And you're like, oh, shepherds have those kind of staffs or they have those kind of sheep or whatever. And then they came into Israel, but within a generation or two, we don't even know how, this it isn't biblically illuminated, they became the slave people. And then anyone born into that lineage was slaves forever. 
we do have the sense they probably all were interwoven, so they looked the same. They probably even had quite a bit of the same genetic material because they were from a very similar region. If you did their 23andMe, they would be the same. Um, and then in Roman times, uh, slavery was prevailed throughout all like Rome's entire history. And uh, that was largely uh, financially based. So it was a system and it, it went throughout Israel's uh, reign too. Slavery was still legal in after Israel left Egypt, which I think is kind of hilarious. Um, and then it was more like financial based, but and you could sell yourself into slavery as a way to kind of get into the Roman territories. And you could sometimes buy yourself out, but you, you, you could buy your children out potentially too. <coughs> but yeah, you, any, literally any, anybody, even a Roman citizen could become, could I think technically become a slave if they fell into enough debt or whatever. But you mm. could also be enslaved through any conquering by any people. So a, like a French person or whatever could become a Roman citizen and then go raid France in Normandy or whatever back then and take French slaves, you know what I mean, from, from then. So it was like, yeah, it's, it's been based on pretty much whatever. <laughs> right, right. It's, let's find a reason. And, and by the way, Joseph went on to work for Elvis, I believe. Um, I, I, keep in mind, folks, half of, half, of I, half of what I know about history comes from musical theater. So, you know, take, take Yes. Right? Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, Joseph in 1776. Uh, uh, yeah, and and so it seems like one, you know, going back to really just the concept of of melanation, it's like, oh, yeah. all of a sudden here here now we have a very clear visual demarcation. Yeah, it's very clear visually. Yeah, that these folks look very different from from us from the, yeah. these other folks, and yeah. and therefore it just becomes easier to to other them and to, to, to invent bullshit science to say why they're not humans and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and draw on Dar early in Darwinianism too. Um, it wasn't in his uh, first like big publication, but right his, after that, he wrote another publication and definitely talked about how there seemed essentially that they were like er darker people were like earlier iterations of human beings. And of course there's genetic, like, well, like, what do we say, like common sense to that, if not actual connection to that, that then like dark, because we all came from darker people. So if you're a darker person, then you probably do look in some way more like how we all looked at one point. Um, so yeah, there was actually like evidence, there's always been evidence-based things to somehow clarify race as, as somehow uh, inherent or some sort of necessary tool of who we are and I think that to me is one of the things that's the most odious because it's it's the extent and this is the part I don't like about anti-racism it's the accentuation of identity elements that I think are hilariously inconsequential especially in a time now where we are discussing abandoning uh identity characteristics which are inherent to the species like we are we are more flexible currently in our current culture as to what male and female means which is essential for the reproduction of the species. We're, we're dimorphic, we're a dimorphic species. Um, then we are about, then we are flexible about what race is. And I was like, oh snap, we are, we have become hilariously, tragically over obsessed with this one thing Then if we hold that, you know, we're holding this so tightly. And that's one of my concerns about the anti-racism sort of, uh, what is the word, solution, because it seems so, specifically highlighting race as like this thing. And so it's, I think it's very hard to dismantle something that you're constantly talking about because you end up embodying that which you continually 
discuss, even right now, you know, even right now, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, well, that's always a good thing. We're, we're, we're all complicit in this thing, as we're attempting to unravel it. And yeah, that's, it's true. And I think a lot of people would, would, would agree with that idea that, that, you know, maybe if we imagine we could just wave a magic wand and leap into the a thousand years into the future. Um, great. Let's not talk about race. <laughs> it's not a thing. Yeah. And, 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 and yet, uh, unless you do tell me if you have a magic wand. Um, no. So I think my, again, my North star is like, well, what, which conversations and terminology and, and concepts lead us to dismantling inequitable systems and rebuilding them in more equitable ways. Yeah. And then which ones distract us from that? I mean, that's, that's a commentary that's quite a, a, a criticism of a lot of, even like I can imagine some people criticizing this discussion uh, where it just ends up being like, yeah, gosh, none of the topics are, make sense. None of, none of it's consistent. Nobody can agree on anything. Yeah, fuck it, you know? race isn't even real like why does it matter uh it's like well because it is real to so many folks uh you know as we're using the language the melanated folks in particular and of course we could extend that out to women and all kinds of other marginalizations um and the so that's that's the question i'm always holding and and i and i so i'm curious in the in that exact context do because i do i i am i lean I'm gonna hold like over here is like dismantling these systems. And that means taking a really, really hard look at them and digging in and much in the way you do more than I, looking at real research and reports and outcomes. Yeah. And then and then over here, it's this embodied piece, like how, what is the intergenerational trauma uh, of the of the oppressor and the, who, the, who descended from slave owners and there's trauma there and- which is, all, which is all of us. Yeah. And, and what is the internalized racism for folks? You know, essentially what is, how are we trained at a cellular, cellular level to dominate and have power over? And then how are, how are some people trained at a cellular level to be subordinate? And that, yeah, that's going to take generations to heal. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope it doesn't, but I, I yeah. believe that's the nature of that work. Well, um, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, and to discover both of those things, we still have to validate them all. This is the problem with the subjective, elements of whether trauma is in, if you have it, even that is a really good one, your predisposition towards subservience. Like, is that, like, we have to figure out what that is. Like, is that race-based? Does that exist? You know what I mean? This is the whole problem with the systemic or even like individual racism. I mean, again, and the fact that we have to use qualifiers for those to me says like racism is exists separately from those two things, that it can racism can manifest in multiple ways, in which case you could say like, oh, can they, you know, this is when you can get the argument of like, can certain people uh, be racist and some people aren't? Like, for example, would you defy the Avenue Q theorem? But it's like, oh, if you don't have a certain level of power that we can, I do want to get back to that too, because I think it's an interesting element of like what, who, who is, uh, Right. Actually, no, let's, let's stop. My, let's just stop on it right now because or else I forget. Yeah. Like, wait, so is racism racist? Who is, are, so in, in, especially in the spaces you're in, this is my big question. Like, is the Avenue Q theorem the dominant theorem or is there a different theorem? Because I've heard different theorems as well. Yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> it's not like everybody agrees. Uh, by the way, I would say yeah. to, you, you snuck in a question there about the cellular trauma. And I've yep. been studying Resmaa Menachem's work and I, I yeah. believe he's a black man and a trauma therapist of 20 years. 
I believe he would absolutely say that that it's real and it can be you know validated um, in terms oh, of cool. that inter, intergener, intergenerational trauma that, that that exists. And you yeah. know, one of the ways that he describes it showing up is like basically white people at a at a subconscious cellular level expecting black folks to to cater to them and sort of um, you know nurture them in a way, and and then and then black folks in many cases at a cellular level like that that's their instinct like that oh i have to like take care of the white person um and mm -hmm. you know and of course that's not gonna like be a hundred percent of everybody's experience but that's 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 something i'm exploring right now just like trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. when does that show up when does that not show when, up? Well, how do you observe like where do you observe that like uh, that's fascinating to me like what do you what is that in is that in your rhizomes is that in your blood sugar levels like i don't even know what you would observe in order to demonstrate that that's exists this is, I think, going to be above my pay grade. I, okay. I, I, I believe. Sounds fascinating, though. I think trauma can 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 be stored in all kinds of areas of the body. Um, yeah. It, inflammation is is one. I keep a yeah. diagram on my chart from Dr. Rupa Maria. Yeah. That is like this whole thing. It's like colonization at the top, and then supremacism and capitalism and multiple forms of supremacism, basically. Yeah, yeah, all. yeah. And then it's trauma, ecocide, and then it's like inflammation. <laughs> interesting yeah that's the simplified version yeah right but knowing that like for example like seed oils canola oil causes inflammations and then diet so i mean this is the this is the, always the hard thing this is the same yeah. thing with anything right does systemic for example we can have a whole nother episode on does systemic racism exist you know what i mean that's that is absolutely a disputable category in terms of like and where does it manifest and then you have to in order to say that it does, this is like similar to like my, my saying vaccine mandates or hate-based thing, you have to eliminate every other possible option as contributive, right? So then for example, you could say, oh, because we have food deserts, which might be examples of systemic racism, certainly tenable as a thesis. And then, but that would mean a prevalence of seed oils amongst, uh, add to a higher degree amongst melanated people, which would produce higher rates of inflammation in amongst melanated people. So you could say, oh, that still ties to systemic racism, but you couldn't say it's tied to trauma. And based on the sort of interbreeding of all different shades of people, you would then have to establish, and I don't even know how you would do this. You'd have to establish then trauma levels at a baseline based on your melanation, like amount of melanation to amount of this particular specific highlighted inflammation as compared to people with lower melanin and their baseline of inflammation. And then you'd still have to, then you'd have to eliminate all the other corollaries which cause inflammation. I'm someone with an autoimmune disorder. So I know quite a bit about intestinal inflammation and, yeah. and so forth. And I was like, so this, it, it makes, this is, this is why when we, when we say all these like big broad things, which we're all wrestling with, like you do ultimately have to prove, we have to, we kind of have to prove them all. And this is the hard thing is like, even the systemic things that we kind of agree, they're probably there. We still have to figure out if they are there and where they are there and where they could be other things or where that they're 60% one thing and 40% another thing and 10% of this and 5% of this and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's exhausting. Yeah. And like, yeah. or, or do the thing you're talking about. They're just like, ah, I don't know. Sounds terrible. <laughs> well, and, and that's it. I, I, I also view that as a as a kind of privilege to just eject and be like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go have a martini. Um, yeah. And I, so there's, there's a few things there, but then I feel like I, I drifted us away from your, your attempting to focus us. Um, but the, the one I often just point to is there's a few quantifications, but you know, something like $5 of wealth for every, for a black family on average for every hundred dollars of wealth for a white family. And mm -hmm. so the, the generational wealth that was created 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is basically like dollar cost averaging, right? For anybody who, and I'm, don't ask me for investment advice, but the math is pretty simple. <laughs> it's just like, if you have land and wealth for a long period of time, you're going to accumulate more and more and more of it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so even after slavery and then, uh, my wait, is it, oh, wait, is that where we're at now though? The five, the five to 100? Yeah. Or at least, like or at least within, at least, like, at least pulled that stat within the last five years. You know? five, five years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Well, just cause in the stuff I've read, uh, it was around the sixties or seventies or whatever, when like black poverty levels were pretty high, like fifties, forties, fifties, sixties, and then plummeted. Like it's got, it's gotten worse <laughs> around the same time things politically got better. Um, oh yeah, I think that's true. It's you know actually I mean? so, so then yeah. to, so the, so in which case then it factors it again. This is the it gets weird. It gets weird in terms of you're like, well, does that have anything to do with does it have anything to do with race? I would say probably. You have to keep it involved as a theory. But is it it like is it does it is it manifest in something else? Especially once you get into the realms of like what black is and what white is and what race is, because then if race is actually in many ways culture, then way that means way of life. So if you buy into a way of life that fosters any of these elements, then you're in danger, right? Because then you have to exclude black family. This might be black family in like an American way, right? Because I know Nigerian Americans are certainly black, um, and they are more successful than. Like Asians and Nigerian Americans are both more successful on average than European Americans or whatever. So their their ratio, I don't know what their ratio by what I don't know, 100 to, to five, but like let's just say theoretically, you know, Nigerian Americans make $110 per family, you know, versus the well, hundred of, of white people or whatever. And there's a lot of complexity there. The guy who was leading this big clubhouse for me the other day is, is from Africa. He studied, yeah. he went to college in England and then he came here and he was just like right and left about how he was discriminated against as an African. He had yeah. a, a, you know, a non-American name, so to speak. And yeah. so the, the amount of, you know, this is, it gets into um, colorizing, right? Like, yes. it's, not, it's not simple, They're like shades of, of, again, this is why I think the term melanation is helpful for us to be like, <laughs> yeah. the degree of melanation becomes quite real. And then you become, and then within say the black community, like, and this, and this yeah. is the this is the internalized internalized racial racism part as well, um, which you could argue is a is a broader psychological phenomenon that like I'm I often am going to project in like the thing I hate most about myself I'm going to project onto somebody else and and, and criticize that or or diminish yeah. that um, both reasonably it, and unreasonably yeah yeah um, so so yes there's a, an enormous amount of complexity with uh, you know like the ADOS American um, descendants of slaves and African you know Africans who come here and and then and then I think this actually does weave us back into where you were of of that question <laughs> didn't we have we started with a question I think um, uh, so the, to answer that question is anti-racism racism racist we have to like maybe answer it a few ways based on definitions of racism. And, you know, oh, yeah. one of the one of the things that was coming up a lot in that room, which which in which the polls leaned in this way, um, were, and, and, and even if Ibram X. Kendi will tell you that a black person can be racist, that is not a, a, a super popular opinion. Because lots of there's plenty of, of folks, whether broadly social justice communities or, or black folks, who would say no, that's impossible. That's just impossible. It's, it, even it is it's, even if you just limit that to America, or maybe especially if you just limit that to America, yeah. it is it is functionally impossible because no black people here have any power whatsoever. 
But that's just not, that's just not true. That's not even a pin. That's just not true. It's just simply, no, it's absolutely not true. And so that, I, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. later on. I know we're not going to unpack intersectionality here. That's no. why I think intersectionality is valuable. Cause then we can look at like, well, who has privilege? I mean, a, a, a black woman who is highly educated and, you know, has a successful career or whatever. I know many of them and that, that would admit they have privilege. I think the reason people might not be quick to admit that is it can be it can be weaponized very quickly and be like, oh, well, see, you have privilege. We don't have anything to work on. Again, that North Star of like, will this guide us to actually changing how our our, our laws and our systems and how we function together? Um, so in that way, yeah, it's is anti-racism racist in the context of adjusting systems, racist systems uh, and racist policies to be less racist? Uh, no, I don't think it's racist because that defini by definition, we are, um, we are changing things. If, if the whole idea is that it, racism, systemic racism is uh, uh, that prejudice, race-based prejudice plus power, then what we're doing is we're, we're shifting the power structure and, mm -hmm. and therefore we're making the system less racist. So that, that cannot be an act of racism to make something less racist. If, if we're, if we're just talking about that systemic definition, right. um, however, a couple of things, one, there could be unseen consequences. So maybe it ends up having some kind of other, other, you know, race-based effect somewhere. I mean, the systems are complex. Yeah. And then the other is, um, hmm, interesting. Uh, what was the other piece? Oh, the other is just, you know, in the language that, you know, I think you were using as well as you've been ex Kindy, it's, it's this terminology distinction where we say it is discriminatory it is purposefully discriminatory it is not it is not racist but if it's race-based discrimination isn't that what caused the problem or we're saying it didn't race-based discrimination was not isn't race-based discrimination inherit the the actual that which defines something as systemically racist because it's a race-based discrimination discriminatory policy so then if you're introducing a race-based discriminatory policy why would we expect that to have any other outcome than the outcome that is that has previously been provided which we're now trying to seeking to dismantle well you know it's, it's some of the mentors i have who are i'd say more you know on the energy side um, and, and, you know, one I'm thinking of as a, as a, as a black woman, uh, would say that the universe doesn't hear the anti part. Um, and so I think that tips a, a little more into your question to say, you know, isn't, if we're, if we're, if we're even using the term anti-racism, we are invoking the very nature of, of the discrimination of the, of the division. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, and so how could anything good ultimately come of that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, again, I, I'm not dismissing that good can come from evil, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I have a malevolence in me that is tends towards violence. Um, this is somewhat learned. I think it's slightly more innate in the male members of the species because that's what we have done 
we've been the fighters because we're less necessary <laughs> to, to the propagation of the species. Let's be but more upper body strength, less necessary. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I have violence within me um, and I enjoy violence. I enjoy violence being committed against me in consensual fashion. I enjoy committing violence against others in consensual fashion. I probably enjoy it even in a non-consensual fashion. I just don't indulge that, um, but it's there for a reason. So I could, if someone was inflicting uh, non-consensual violence on someone, indulge in my own desire which just gives me joy. I could execute my own personal power and, and indulge non-consensual violence on the person committing non-consensual violence. In fact, throughout much of my childhood, I loved to do that, big fan. Big fan of seeing people bully little kids and then punching the bully in the head as many times as possible. Really enjoy that. So I can, I can even endeavor, like even holding on to is anti-racism racist? Uh, at least there's a good question mark, is anti-racism systemically racist? Question mark now? And then um, without answering the fundamental question. And I was like, but even if anti-racism is racist, you can, you can fight fire with fire. You literally can. That's literally how we deal with forest fires. You burn out the stuff in the edges so it doesn't keep burning. So yes, you can fight fire with fire. I know that's a popular adage, uh, but it's false. Um, so in some ways you can, you could do negative harm <laughs> and, and achieve like a positive, a positive overall goal, like you're talking about, you know what I mean? I just don't want to, I don't want to be adversarial to any aspects of this that I don't have to be adversarial to, you know what I'm saying? Because there are aspects of it that I'm fully like, just, just, uh, I, I think just unconvinced. Because again, I need to see the data of like, okay, well, systemic racism, I would say probably exists because I believe, I believe everybody's racist. Um, it concert that I'm glad, and, and I'm, I'm, I've always been glad that Kendi has said that, and it, but it troubles me to no end in terms of the anti-racism, this is a different question, is the anti-racism movement racist? Oh my gosh, that's a different question. But like, that is one of my biggest concerns because if it, if it for example, there's this whole prevalent thing that I see a kinship with of racism kind of being, it, it's literally called this America's original sin. I feel like in some ways the anti-racism theorem has been derived from sort of like that's the original sin that we all have here in America. Therefore, we're kind of born into it. And again, this is original sin. This is like biblical stuff. This is God stuff. Um, and then therefore, some of us, if we can't be racist, some of us then are born inherently without original sin. That is way too dangerous. That is like, that is a, that is a phenomenally dangerous uh, phenomenon to even theorize. I mean, that's, it's cool, cool to talk about in theory, but if people start thinking that in their heads, that that's a true thing, then that means literally there are those of us who are born more uh, morally upright and pure than other people, which is then therefore that's a superiority that transcends even quotidian existence. And then we're getting back pretty much to the, to like, that's like emperor, divine right of kings type thinking, which I think though a benevolent despot is the ideal form of government. Um, I think it's, that's even more, that's even scarier and more damaging because that's supremacist, that's moral supremacist thinking. And then you're like, oh no, that will end up in an even worse division where it's then it's fighting fire with fire. And I was like, oh, but that's a way worse fire. That's gonna be a worse fire than even the previous one. You know, which human beings do all the time. So it's, it's, it's not unlikely. <laughs> you know what I mean? We tsunami to overwhelm a tidal wave, to overwhelm a volcano. You know what I mean? That's, we, you know, we're messy. 
So that's that's fascinating. That could be a whole episode. I, if I heard you correctly, you you're saying uh, it, it would be very dangerous if some people thought we were born without original sin. Yes. Yeah. And especially, especially in the, this paradigm, which would say, for, for, again, not everybody, but you're saying it's a controversial opinion to say that some people, to say that everyone can be racist or whatever. So then the opposite would be that, and some people aren't born with America's original sin, and some people are born with America's original sin, which means you then have to turn to the divinely selected by virtue of birth priest caste, the Brahmins. So in, in the theory, in the theory, let's say like a black person is born a Brahmin, and then the person born with sin has to go to the Brahmin to sort of help have their sins, their sins dealt with essentially. And I was like, that's, that's basically a Sharia, ancient Israel. That's a, that's a, a theocracy. It's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's this whole thing. People talking about wokeism as a, as a, as a religion, essentially. I was like, oh, well, there are aspects of it that could manifest as theocracy. I don't see it happening yet, but I was like, uh, I could see the, like, the concern or whatever. Oh, did I tell you I'm training to be a wokish uh, shamanistic priest? No, there you go. That, there you go. You're validating it. This is data points. Data points. No, I, I, <laughs> case. Don't take that out of context. It was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know people are like, wait, where did you sign up for that? <laughs> uh, hold on, I'll go. I'm going to go create that course. No. <laughs> exactly. Add it to add it to your graph. Um. Where do we want to loop back to? So do we want to explore like what a different answer to that question can be based on a different definition of racism? I get, well, this, well, this is the question is what's the definition of, what is the definition of racism? Because that's what we have to have unified. This is what we're trying to figure out. So like, I subscribe to the, the definition, the systemic piece, because I believe, I do believe in systemic racism. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, pl a lot of uh, wonderful, people out there who have, have, you know, the color of law, there's there's a lot of really amazing work um, out there that, that I think demonstrates that. I'm yeah. not very good at quoting that off the cuff, so oh, don't I'm, have to do that. I'm not, a, I'm not a quoter, as we found from my paraphrase when you were like, here's the actual quote. Yeah, nope. I uh, understand. And, you know, it's important, uh, you know, this is interesting, you know, I, I, I'm actually gonna be in a 1619 book um, group and I remember, I think you were saying something about the original project and there was controversy about lots of pieces, but then I, the people who are organizing this book group um, were pointing out that like the woman who created that project like took, took that criticism and said, okay, great. You know, like that's, well, I, I don't know if it was great, but it was, uh, yeah. she took pieces of that to heart. And then this book, I guess, is, is a reflection of that to say, okay, oh, let's evolve this, let's, 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 get as, as, as to as well as we can. Um, so I, again, with that North Star of like, I believe we have laws on the books that, ha you know, even if we magically change all the laws, it wouldn't change the impact of those laws. You know, I live in one of the most segregated cities in America, in Chicago. Yeah. And it's devastating. I, I, I do volunteer work in a number of communities and it's just devastating. Like you can just feel it's palpable, like, what the streets look like, you know, and, and how many police there are and all, all kinds of aspects of it. Yeah. Um, and so there's that, right? There's like, well, even if we change the laws, it's like I just magically shift all of that. I, I, somebody works even further north where I am in a very affluent suburb. And there are people who are really trying 
they're like they they they're building some affordable housing and like the intention is like to work on racism it's an incredibly white community yeah yeah and the and but but then there's there's guess what there's poor white people so like they're this is actually probably a pretty good example to kind of around the conundrum we're I think picking apart here because you know their intention is that but then okay well how could how could they discriminate how could they be that specific um about the program now we can like there's another suburb actually Evanston where we went to college yeah. that is experimenting with reparations in a very meaningful way like 10 million dollars I think it's 10 million over 10 years um I may be wrong on that but it's it's a significant a significant attempt to offer reparations but even in that it's like to black families that own property I believe it's some kind of you know property tax relief or something like that yeah, and so it's yeah. like, okay well that's only going to be you know, people already own property but the thing in Wilmette is like you know the people I know involved with it uh, really want this to be a, an attempt to make the, the community more diverse racially um but that's incredibly challenging uh, for lots of reasons you know like would people yeah. feel welcome would they feel included would they feel safe uh how do you even present affordable housing with such a specific mandate when there are actually poor white people too over here who who are looking for for housing so none of, none of this even the folks i know who are are very meaningfully working on this and attempting different experiments uh none of it's straightforward whatsoever no. so so for that reason i'm like yes let's 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 talk about systemic racism to change the to bring awareness to the policies that are inequitable to to change them in whatever way we need to and i also think more maybe more to your point it's like i think racism is, a, is an important thing to look at because it's it's real and, and yes. those books have a lot of those laws have been based on racist practices and i think just approaching it honestly and openly will reveal all kinds of other discriminations within within those laws you know yeah, so, yeah. yeah. no the very yeah. conversation itself and the examination and the attempt sometimes the attempts let's be honest like bad attempts reveal all sorts of ways to heal better the next time you make the attempt we we mostly succeed by failure as a human as a species or even as as individuals so in that way it's good okay so you would say no to the question in terms of systemic but again you have to put systemically racist on it so does racist in and of itself, because racist in and of itself contains systemically racism as an umbrella for the term, as well as uh, interpersonal, as well as internal, right? Um, so is racism, is anti-racism systemically racist? You're a firm no. I don't, I don't know yet, because I feel like the only way to really answer that question would be we'd have to would have to execute anti-racist policies for hundreds and hundreds of years and see how it plays out. Because <laughs> that's the only way to make a one-to-one -one comparison. Or you can go back to original sourcing in terms of citing differences as fundamental. You know what I mean? So this is to me the advantage of the anti-racist theorem in citing race as a construct as opposed to sort of an evolutionary reality. I mean, I think, I think race in modern times is as much a cultural reality, which is something you're going to run into in policy and trying to execute programs like that when you're like, well, in which case, how much of that is even race based? Any, I mean, determining what's race based versus culture based is phenomenally difficult. I wouldn't even know the first way to to examine to examine that you're like, because if a, if a certain melanation tends towards a cultural manifestation, then which is what you can't just say that's like black blackness is the culture 
because white people can be steeped in black culture and part if they execute a way of life that we would call black culture then they are then they're black and you're like well but they're not black because they don't have the they don't suffer these particular things of it and you're like okay well but then you're you're allowing your oppressor to define you and that seems completely effed up like this the that the ways in which you are oppressed define you Ugh, that sounds like a that's like like a bad way to self-actualize or actualize at all, you know? So that is difficult to me. So then, so I'm still gonna hold that anti-racism is racist though, because of its attempt, because it still is doing race-based discrimination, which is fundamentally the race part, whether it can execute it systemically, we're experimenting with now, because I think anti-racism now is being integrated very specifically in systems of, I won't even say power, because that suggests that government institutions have power more than they actually do. I still don't really, I'm 43, I don't really know how much power they actually have until it's executed militarily. Then it's really our agreement with it that gives it power. You know what <clears> I mean? <throat> Same thing with the IRS having power over you. You're like, well, sort of. Well, we have to be complicit in it or else it doesn't work. So I'm doing, I'm victimizing myself. The IRS victimizes me, but I victimize myself in cooperation <laughs> with the IRS, you know? Um, but yeah, that's the thing of like systemic racism can probably exist. I would I'd probably say it exists um, to some degree somewhere. Um, does it still d exist to the degree now that it did previously? In some ways, no. Uh, and in some ways, maybe it's worse because it's more subtle or insidious or now so intermingled as to be impenetrable. I mean, that's the question is like, can we even do it? And I think the big concern is if anti-racism is racist, then we're all we're doing is, is starting a new racist paradigm. It's just a new one. It's just like we're replacing a racist paradigm with a racist paradigm, which I can understand the concern. But again, could it be a bad attempt that helps us heal anyway or furthers the conversation? It could. Yeah, I mean, sadly, I don't think we're gonna make enough meaningful progress by the time white people are actually a minority in America. So who knows what's going to happen then to the, to the systems and laws. Um, and, I mean, not, it, and that's not going to be what, to like 20, 2100. I mean, because I know people always said that one thing, you might know this better than me. They're like the point at which like there will be more other people than there will be like European Americans or like, like low melanin people. But that still doesn't make low melanin people the minority. That just, they would still be the largest particular uh, culture group, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. That's based on that binary of white, white, non-white. Right, right? which is which is terrible. That's a horrible framework. But I, I thought that way too, because I know that exactly, as soon as you said that, I knew what you were talking about. That's a right. terrible way to think of the world. Like that's not appropriate. Yeah, and it's not, you know I, mean? I mean, one of the problems with whiteness as a, con as a concept, yeah. as an energetic piece of all of us in this culture is that, it, it shows up everywhere and, and it shows up in leaders. You know, now we've, we've had quite a, quite a while of, of leaders who are not white, uh, you know, showing up uh, and, and enacting all kinds of policies that, that I, I don't perceive are to benefit uh, uh, people who look like them in many cases. Um, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and this so, is that tangled thing too. I don't know if this is, anti you can tell me, is this an anti-racist thing of like the idea of like whiteness as a thing, as a separate thing like whiteness can be executed by people who aren't white. Is yeah, that, it's 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 more like separate. It's more like the construct of colonization. I mean, that's how I think about it. Like, oh, okay. It's a mindset. Gotcha. It, it's 
you know, is that this, 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 you know, cellular level, whatever that means to people. Oh, gotcha. it's, yeah. it's embedded in a, the body and the trauma, but it may be easier to talk about as a mindset, as a construct uh, that, that is, you know, there's, there's all these things like a list came out of like the qualities of, of whiteness and it was listing things like perfectionism and, um, you know, various things like that. Um, and there's, there's controversy around all of it. Um, but I, I believe it helped me kind of distinguish between uh, the the cons the the lingering concepts of colonization that that impact how any of us may move through the world, um, and again, like uh, the the that the embodiment is is for white folks to dominate from that, and that's why we we are closer to the um, power dynamics and the systems of power, um, but not all white people. Right. Like that's that's. And so there's a there's a piece of this we've hinted at a little bit around the economics. And it's like, uh, you know, like there are, you know, I, I, I would say if you had to choose, I think I would I would say. It's more important to look at the economics than probably any other factor, because I truly believe that if folks don't have their needs met wherever they came from, whatever they look like. Then, then it's gonna tend to lead to behavior that would uh, potentially be criminalized. So that, yeah. but, and there's, I think the whole systemic piece is there are very clear connections. Like at large, we have, when we discriminate against an entire group based on a characteristic such as race, mm. then, we're, then we're downgrading the economics of an entire group of folks. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's where this gets a little, I think pretty tricky because yeah. I mean, there's lots and lots of poor white people who are they safer, white man, especially walking down the street at night? Sure. I well, would I would I would guess that's probably mostly true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I literally I know I'm saying that I, I literally don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, you're like, no, I, I'm not making an argument. Uh, but but are they connected to systems of power that that really that they could affect change or or that could affect change for their whole uh, culture or, or group of folks. Um, in many cases, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. Well, see, that's. This is like a philosophy part. So this is I mean, is the philosophy of anti-racism racist? Yes, I would say for sure. Because this is the problem: is if you you can't, the racist part would then be associating a particular style of melanation with um, any like with characteristics of harm. And I would say this is because I would assume that people who would sort of associate whiteness with colonialism have a negative association for colonialism. I have a somewhat neutral association for colonialism, just the same way racism, like you're like, all right, well, there's practical elements of why such thing would develop as well as I think it's evil. Um, colonialism can be helpful or harmful. Again, like a benevolent despot. It's like having a king or an emperor. That can be really good parts of that. And that can be absolutely terrible parts of that. It takes away individual agency to a degree that I find unsettling, especially as like an American or whatever. But any system that would then associate that, the same way if you associated with blackness, if you're like, like blackness with subservience, I was like, it's very hard for me. And maybe this is a, a learning uh, to associate that. I was like, oh, that's straight up. That's race. That would be racist in the conventional sense. To be like, oh, because you're black, you have a tendency. You're gonna, you're gonna be a subservient individual. And I was like, I don't know. I, I guess because I've never, like, 
openly or, or been aware of experiencing that because I think I grew up in a culture where it was quite the, again, I grew up in the United States of America. I was born in 1978. So I grew up in a time where, again, I, I've, black supremacy is a, is a far more popular and openly practiced, um, what's the word, like statement of culture. Like I grew up on hip hop. So literally black man is God, black men are kings, uh, black women are queens, uh, black girl magic, et cetera, et cetera. I've never heard a white, I've never heard the white man is God. I've never heard that statement in my life. And I've heard black man is God many, 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 many times. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of times. Um, so I grew up in a culture very different from sort of what's being discussed in terms of colonialism, but I'm also not a historian. So I can't just be like, well, that's just not true because I've never experienced it and I've never seen it. And I've only seen the opposite, which I can point to specific examples of. But that would be the racist element of it, which would be like, oh, you as a people group are again, like sort of, specifically associated with a with a with a particular original sin that is only because then again that that tethers you uh, uh, eternally in some ways to uh, to a connection that you don't share with other people and so as a Christian so it's like literally all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God I'm like I like I like the egalitarian statements of the of the word of God so there's nobody who's born and is like you you you're you're a get out of jail free card. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you're not as bad as those folks innately. You know what I mean? You're just born that way. You're born to be king. You're born to be emperor. You're born like with a tendency towards uh, malevolence or, or suppression of people by some, again, by some social construct. I mean, that's just a, that, that's the part of, that makes me like the most, uh, probably makes me the most frightened, I would say in terms of how that would play out socially or how that would just be, I was like, how, that would definitely be racism in the, in the traditional sense. Yeah, and I, I, my challenge with colonization, colonialism is, you know, if the land, if there was nobody living here, yeah. that would have been one thing, <laughs> but there were people living here and we either directly slaughtered them or indirectly killed them with disease. We, we stole their lands, we stole their irrigation, we stole their farms, we stole their political systems. Uh, and, and then it was, you know, there's a similarity there, right? Because then, then there's an indoctrination I know I was brought into of like, oh, they're, they're primitive, they're tribes. And- Oh, interesting, yeah. You know, I mean, one, one there's a, 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 the best book I've, I've read on this is um, an indigenous people's history of the United States. And, and she was even making the argument and, and not everybody does this, even indigenous folks, you know, still use the word tribe, but she was making the argument, yeah. um, Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz, that we ought to use the word First Nations uh, because of that, and, and it's interesting because I'm kind of like, in, in, some, in some ways, semantically, like, uh, semantically, I mean, that, uh, yeah, like, like, like we were, <laughs> we were getting at this earlier, like, when do people want that term to be applied to them? Like it surprised the hell out of me in that book. Actually, they're they're calling yeah. American Indians. They're like like, and of course, there's no monolith, right? But but they were like, no, like a lot of them actually prefer. They want to like reclaim American Indian, even though yeah. the word Indian is like, oh my god, like he literally didn't know what continent he was on. Um, <laughs> but like, whoops. But, but you know, we grew up with Native Americans. I did anyway. I think that was the thing. Yeah. And but I think it's there's a piece of that like Native just there's these connection points where it's like, oh, native, primitive. And then it's, we slide into the indoctrination of like, oh, well, you know, yeah, yeah, we killed them. But like, 
you know, but they were they were just like these these little primitive tribes we just sort of brushed out of the way or something. And it's like, well, yeah. no, they were these incredibly advanced civilizations that we like yeah. slaughtered. Um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Well, but both of those terms are interesting because they are similarly dismissive in some ways of the harms of, uh, I mean, in that case, I mean, I don't know, I wouldn't even say it was colonization. It wasn't even that kind, right? I mean, it wasn't even an attempt to like, oh, here we're gonna restructure, your, like England went around restructuring societies <laughs> to, to benefit themselves and to some benefit and to some absolute horror. You know, um, again, as installing themselves as essentially this, the anointed, the anointed ones, but both uh, uh, native, I guess, if that tends towards that tendency, would then be like, okay, well, there would there would be a the reason for success was military evolution, right? You literally have more advanced tactics of warfare available to you, which is how, as far as we understand it, all people everywhere around the entire globe have come in and taken landmass. And likewise, if you call it First Nation, then you're like, okay, well, it was just a nation going to war against another nation, which is, again, how every people group got to every place on the planet, as far as we know, unless some people stayed, you know, where the original, you know, hominids uh, arose or whatever. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it, this is how, obviously, as we've talked about over and over again, this is how complicated language can be. Oh, and there's, and I don't even think we actually have, I don't think the English language and, and just our, the nature of our culture even um, even prepares us to understand like how, I mean, we're, we're getting into like completely different modes of consciousness. Uh, and, and that is where societies had, had many genders as the standard and all of that. Uh, they, I'm, I, there's a book right now I'm listening to called Braiding Sweetgrass and it's just stunning, you know, it's, it's, it's um, she, uh, it's, just, it's a botanist uh, who's from the uh, Potawatomi nation and nation, and she would say, I think she's using the word tribe though. And there's only nine, you know, a lot of these were oral traditions, right? There's only nine elders who still speak the language, and it's fascinating. Like, I don't, I would probably have to listen to this a few times to even start to understand because it's just so fundamentally different. Like, the language is based on a totally different philosophy about life. Yeah, like like it's based on like like it's way more verb based. It's way more like Actually, like things we would call objects and it's like are are in motion and, and have life and and to the you know it's just like oh my god that's just fascinating. Well, if that's I mean right, and then I think we're heading to an interesting point like that right with the reckoning of our language, which is what makes answering this question so dang difficult. I think that's our time because I have to go pick did, up my kids. Did we answer it? Did we do uh, it? I don't know. We we asked the question, if nothing else. So we can either, we, let's decide after. We can decide whether we can continue this conversation in another episode or whether we felt like we wrangled with it enough to come back to it later. But um, as always, I love talking to you. Man, I love you. I love you too. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to imagine like a, a, a Roger, Roger and Ebert, um, you know, system where we just put, have these questions and... Yeah. Is it racist? Thumbs up. Thumbs up, thumbs, up, thumbs down. And then, Boom. you know, anyway. Love you too. I love you so much. Bye. Bye, sweetheart.